0: Welcome to the Self-Love Revolution. I'm Ashley, a mental health therapist and self-love coach, and I'm here to simplify self-love and share how it's possible for any woman. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Self-Love Revolution podcast. I'm so excited to have McKenna with me here today. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Will you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Yes. So my name is McKenna Hereford. I also go by Dr. Mack. I am a licensed psychologist in Texas. I've worked in a lot of different settings. So the VA, different hospital systems, corrections, community mental health. And currently now private practice as well. And so I've seen a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot of different types of trauma across different settings.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That sounds like very hard work, but very rewarding work. For sure. Yes, yes.
1: Every situation is very unique.
0: So, for those who don't really know what trauma is, can you share a little bit about what it is? That's a really good question because what
1: exactly are we talking about when we're discussing trauma? If I'm a physician, I could be talking about physical trauma. Maybe I'm in a car accident or something like that, and it's something that really has a detrimental effect to the body that's pretty significant. When we're talking about psychological trauma or things related to mental health, there's actually quite a bit of a debate right now. So for anyone that goes to therapy, especially a place that has to bill through insurance, we have to use certain diagnostic criteria. And so probably the most common one that people think of is post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. There are other disorders, but that's probably the one that people are most commonly Used to. And that one has actually very specific requirements in order to get diagnosed with that. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. So if we go purely based on that, you have to have experienced certain qualifying events. So it's anything that is a severe physical a sexual assault. Your life is legit, legitimately in danger. It could be a natural disaster, combat, anything with significant violence or serious threat of death, or you witness that happening to someone that you care about, someone that you know, like a parent, a romantic partner, or something like that. Now that has come under critique because a lot of people – understandably say that that doesn't encompass everyone's experiences. And so when we think about the lasting effects of trauma, so trauma symptoms, basically, what that means is a collection of different things. So usually a hallmark sign is actually avoidance. And so that could be avoiding emotions. It could be avoiding anything that kind of triggers us or reminds us of whatever the event is or collection of events re-experiencing. And so at the extreme end that can be flashbacks where we literally feel like we're back wherever that event occurred. It also... Means that it disrupts our sense of safety. So we have a strong physiological response. We may be jumpy or feeling on edge. We may overreact. If someone taps me on the shoulder, for example, I may freak out on that person. Also, really changing our entire worldview. So the way mm-hmm. that we view safety, the way we view intimacy, self esteem, the way that we interact with other people. And So there are specific criteria to meet PTSD. And so they're kind of arbitrary to some extent. You have to have a certain number of criteria to be diagnosed. But what about all the people that don't meet, you know, we have two symptoms and not three that are required? Or what if we've experienced not something that's been truly life-threatening and it still affected our everyday lives? So a lot of people have coined the term attachment trauma for growing up in childhood and having difficult relationships and not getting those needs met. And it may not have been horrible physical child abuse, but it led to this kind of experience. And so if we kind of sum it up, sort of the agreement is that it's an event or series of events that... You've experienced as physically, emotionally harmful, or life-threatening potentially, and have long-lasting negative effects on the way that you function in your everyday life, your well-being, and your relationship with others. And so there's a lot of room for us to grow and a lot of disagreement on that.
0: Yeah, as always. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, obviously it has a huge impact on one mental health and two self-love. Obviously we talk about self-love a a lot around here, but, um, as a therapist, I also talk a lot about mental health. It's so important. Um, so what are some ways that trauma affects mental health?
1: Yeah. So this is a big one. If we look at this from a Biological perspective, the idea, at least based on what we know right now, is that whenever we experience some kind of traumatic event. Or set of traumatic events. And it does have a long lasting impact on us. Not everyone experiences that, but for those of us that it does, it bypasses that part of our brain that kind of makes logical sense of things and goes into this much older part of our brain, which is the fear center part of our brain. And so there's a lot of fear. There could be anger. I'm losing my temper with people, patience, and avoidance, like I mentioned. And so When people think of trauma, they tend to think of, you know, probably overreacting to things or flashbacks. Those are kind of the stereotypes, but avoidance is a big hallmark. And so this could mean, this could start maybe with me avoiding things that directly remind me of what happens. The longer that goes, the smaller my bubble of safety probably gets. And so that could lead to maybe me not leaving my house as much, I don't interact with my friends, even if that didn't necessarily have anything directly related to do with what happened to me. My sense of safety is disrupted across the board. I no longer view the world as safe, or maybe I don't view people as safe, depending on the context of what happened. I tend to not have the ability to trust as easily. And so that may involve me not trusting other people. Also could mean that I don't trust myself and my own judgment and difficulty with intimacy. And so it has it, it has an effect on us. And of course, that ranges from person to person. Could be I'm able to kind of function, but I'm still suffering and experiencing discomfort to profound interruptions with our daily lives, um, our ability to interact with other people. It also could lead to ways of coping that are not the most helpful, but we don't have many other options, at least on hand. So for example, it could mean, you know, substance use in a way that's no longer helping me. Like that's also interfering with daily life. Maybe I'm feeling Mm -hmm. on edge, for example, and I start drinking. It's a depressant. So maybe it'll take the edge off, things like that. So there are a lot of direct and indirect ways that it can affect our mental health.
0: Do you find that people are usually pretty aware of like, Why they're avoiding or why they're having these negative effects because of the trauma, or are people not usually aware of that? That's a good question. And for me,
1: based on my experience, it kind of depends on a few things. It seems to depend on what resources are available for them, how many events. Was it one clear-cut event, maybe Mm -hmm. a serious car accident, for example? And so it's obvious I'm avoiding driving, getting in a car, things like that. The line for me is much more obvious. But what about those instances where maybe I had ongoing trauma, like throughout childhood? Things, especially during a developmental period, that's a lot harder Mm -hmm. to kind of piece together. And then, when it starts kind of bleeding into other areas of life, then it becomes a little more difficult sometimes for people to piece that together. For example, they may know that they want to avoid crowds, but they may not know exactly why. They may Mm -hmm. not be able to fully articulate that. So sometimes they may say, oh, it's because of the noise. I can't watch every single person. They may not know exactly where that's come from because maybe the trauma had nothing to do with being in a crowd of people or something like that. But feeling on edge, not having that predictability and that sense of control, Mm -hmm. basically piecing together the whole puzzle. We may have different puzzle pieces if we think of a jigsaw puzzle. And how many pieces the person has put together really kind of depends on a lot of things like the resources available, like how many stressors are happening for them right now. When did this happen? Was it ongoing? Have there been multiple unrelated traumatic events? Did I have a serious car accident? And then did I get robbed and threatened with a gun or something like that? And so that becomes a little messier and it's difficult for me to tease that apart. So it's probably not a clear cut answer, but it probably depends on multiple factors. Yeah.
0: There's just so many pieces to it. Yeah. After the event, um, are there ways to like protect the person's mental health?
1: Yes. So that's a really good point because in a, mental health, we kind of are still based on the model that there's something wrong. And so that's what we tend to kind of focus on with therapy and research is that we're addressing something that's wrong and we're trying to address that problem. And so that's been an area that has not been tackled as much until recently. So if we think about Post traumatic growth, for example, that's a pretty cool concept that we don't talk about as much. And so, making meaning for some people that could be beneficial, for others, that could be really invalidating and not helpful at all. Strong community support seems to be one thing that we tend to leave out and we can't really address in individual therapy. I'm meeting with someone one on one, but Getting that sense of belonging and reattaching yourself intentionally to a community is incredibly important. One concrete example is I went through Hurricane Katrina and we got a direct hit, and so lost everything. There were friends that I knew that stayed behind, and what I remember obviously was that, but afterward, there was this strong sense of community. So, after a natural disaster, for example, and so a lot of people helping each other and feeling g- gaining that self-esteem of I'm able to contribute to someone else. I'm relating to someone else that has been through the same thing that I've been through. And so there's that lived experience that you can't always get somewhere else and kind of growing together, pushing each other to grow in a similar way. And the concept of resiliency and self-compassion so or self-love. And so really trying to Reconnect with those parts about you that ground you, um, that you really identify with, strengths that you had, or that other people would say that you have if it's hard for you to identify those, like before it happened. And resilience has also been studied quite a bit recently, related to trauma, related to, I think, depression as well. And so that includes community support, but it also includes a sense of meaning making not necessarily what happened but it could be okay what do i do now how do i make meaning out of my life now connecting with other people that have gone through similar things and through that process then showing self compassion or self love
0: yeah i know um even without trauma community support is so important so i can imagine just with that extra layer of trauma that it's incredibly important for that process of healing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so important and again it's it's a really underrated way to kind of help cope. Um and we really don't talk about it enough and so I'm glad that it's getting more support now. I know with racial trauma particularly because that's one that's been a solid case against PTSD because maybe people haven't experienced legitimate life-threatening events, but it's been an accumulation of things that lead to similar symptoms. And so in that case, a lot of community support can be beneficial. So yeah, yeah, especially with any type of trauma, you're losing that sense of trust in other people, that sense of stability, that sense of security and safety. And so reconnecting with others can be a really powerful way to combat that.
0: Yeah, and feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know for a lot of people, um, after experiencing things like trauma, self-love can be really difficult to find. Um, So do you teach any ways that people can find self-love even through the trauma or after the trauma?
1: Yeah, so
0: I think there are ways to do
1: that in therapy and then outside of therapy. And so generally in therapy, there are a few routes that we can take. One is we're addressing the symptoms directly. And so of course, through that, you start gaining confidence that and hope and things like that. And so indirectly you're kind of building that self-love and, and gaining that sense of you back. There are also some other ways to do it. For example, taking an acceptance approach, not meaning that morally what happened to me was okay, because of course it wasn't okay. Whatever that thing was, was not okay at all. More accepting how I'm feeling in the moment. And instead of avoiding that or combating that, really trying to ground myself and here's what I'm feeling and trying to gain my sense of security that I can sit through that, that I can actually make space for that, let it naturally kind of pass through and also self-reflecting on the thoughts that I'm telling myself and the messages that I'm telling myself. Even if it's not trauma, it could be depression, it could be anxiety, but of course, especially with trauma, when we get these thoughts that pop up, we assume that they're automatically true. We assume that whatever that is, is an accurate portrayal of what's happening. And that is not the case because when we're experiencing trauma symptoms, it's biased. Everything is still under threat. We're on alert all the time. We're in danger. And so we believe that because we're getting like body sensations that are telling us that. And then also our thoughts, our our, our own thoughts are telling us that. And so if we're able to kind of stop in the moment, take a step back and realize, wait a minute, Is this actually accurate or am I lying to myself for understandable reasons, but am I lying to myself? And so through that, really showing that love and also patience, I think, too, and understanding that everyone experiences difficulty at certain points in their lives. And actually, a high number of people experience traumatic events, even the big ones that I named, even with that yeah. strict criteria, it's still a large number of people. And so, yeah, yeah that that compassion and patience with yourself, I yeah. think, is a huge piece.
0: I think it's so easy to to repress the emotions and what's going on when you're going through something really difficult, but really like Taking that step back, like you were saying, is, you know, it's the first step to working through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the stigma, you know, combating the stigma, I think people are doing a better job of that Mm -hmm. now, of course, with podcasts too. I think Mm -hmm. that helps. I think it's the stigma piece that really perpetuates some of the issue. It's, I should be Mm -hmm. able to just suck it up. I should be able to just, deal with this and and not really fully understanding, number one, what's going on and why this is happening. And also that we're not superhuman. We are human. Yeah. And so it, yeah. it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Any other um, like self-love practices that you recommend? I think it really depends on the person. It's kind of like
1: self-care where it really depends on the person. So some things that I might mention will not resonate at all and some probably will. So some people are a huge fan of affirmations, for example. So they may have an app on their phone. I mean, there are apps for everything now, which is great. And so they may write them down. Affirmations can be great for people. Of course, there are a lot of of course, podcasts or blogs, social media pages for self-love and how to practice that. And I think also building community that's been especially tough in the pandemic, I think, but getting creative with that. So maybe it doesn't mean we're meeting up in person, but are there support groups that I can join that really make me feel heard and understood and it's not just me and then that allows me to practice more self-compassion with myself and what are my mentors doing and people that I really respect what are they doing there are also other things to keep in mind too of course the basics getting enough sleep I mean sleep has such a profound effect on every area of functioning and unfortunately trauma can affect sleep and sleep Mm -hmm. further affects trauma and it becomes a cycle Sleep. Also, exercise can be really huge. A lot of people have talked about trauma yoga, for example. And oh, so, that's cool. yeah. So you would, from my understanding, I'm not an expert in this, but you would go to a yoga class and they do not touch you to correct you. You're still getting reconnected with your body because of course, regardless of the type of trauma that happens, but especially if it happen to your body as well, we feel out of control of our body, we may disconnect in some way. And so reconnecting with our body. And so a lot of people talk about yoga, trauma yoga, gaining that, that confidence and that appreciation for yourself and your body and what it can do. And also exercise in general, of course, can be particularly beneficial. There are, of course, you know, some Books that I think mm-hmm. can be really helpful that a lot of therapists really tout. So, of course, The Body Keeps the Score is like the big one. Mm-hmm. And so, talking about these missed pieces about yeah. the mind and body are connected. And so, your body is affected. What happened yeah. to you is another big one that people kind of talk about. It didn't start with you. So, books like that can be especially helpful if. There were things that happen in childhood attached is can be helpful for people to kind of look at how it's affected you and some remedies for that in a way that's not shaming. It's kind of normalizing what you're going through. And mm-hmm. so those are just some examples. And of course, therapy, if you can, individual, yeah. but also group therapy is pretty mm-hmm. underrated and you can get that sense of community there. Too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Any like podcasts that you listen to for trauma?
1: I haven't listened to any specifically uh, except for therapy chat. So that one, it doesn't only talk about trauma, but it is trauma focused. So the therapist that runs that one does tend to have a lens and the trauma therapist, I believe also is a podcast that's supposed to be pretty good. I've heard pretty good reviews on those. And then it's, of course, a little tougher probably to find podcasts that are not entirely focused on that, but they may include episodes on that. And so it may be beneficial for people to consider podcasts where there's lived experience so you can experience that connection with someone else that has experienced something similar. And then also listening to experts in the field, obviously, and trying to combine and kind of synthesize that for what makes sense for you.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for those resources. That is uh, so helpful. Um and I will um I'll make sure I link those and as well as linking um how they can connect with you um because this has been so helpful in just learning about trauma and um you know I learned things today that I didn't know because there's just so much to know about trauma. So um and as as a therapist, I'm always continuing to grow, obviously. Um, so I really appreciate you coming and talking about this.
1: Of course. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There, That's one of the amazing things about this field is you never know everything. You'll always be, always be learning, even about trauma. I suspect what we know now is going to be totally different from what we know several years from now. Yeah. So thank you so much for sure. having me on and talking about this really important topic.
0: Thanks for listening to the Self-Love Revolution Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and visit selfloverevolutionpodcast.com for more resources. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for joining me, Ashley, in this episode of the Self-Love Revolution Podcast. I'll see you next time.